Hello, I'm Laura Ellsworth, welcoming you to Prairie Doc Radio. This is a program of the Healing Words Foundation, a 501c3 founded by Rick and Joni Holm. We are here to answer your medical questions, so give us a call at 605-692-1430. 605-692-1430. With us today is Dr. Andrew Ellsworth, ready to answer your medical questions. Dr. Ellsworth's specialty is family medicine. He works with the Avera Medical Group Brookings and volunteers as part of the Prairie Doc team of physicians. Good morning, Dr. Ellsworth. Good morning, Valentine. (laughs) Good to see you. It's been a little while, but we also have a medical student joining us today, and we're happy to have Colin with us today. Colin, tell us about yourself. Yeah, I grew up in about half hour southwest of uh, Minneapolis in Minnesota, and then I came to SDSU for college, Mm, um, and I'm in my second year here at USD. Excellent. Very good. So you studied as a jackrabbit undergrad here at SDSU. Tell us more about that. Yeah, I studied uh, human biology at SDSU, so a lot of biology, chemistry, science Mm -hmm. classes. Um, And some of the things I did on campus, I did tutoring and supplemental instruction for one of the classes I took. And then I was involved with the anatomy program as well there. Yeah, excellent. So you're on your rotations for med school right now, and you get to spend a month or so here now back in Brookings. Is it good to be back? Yeah, it's good to be back in a familiar place, and I have a sister who lives here as okay. well, so it's kind of fun being in almost like a second home that I've been right. coming to since I was seven or eight years old, and sure. seeing all the familiar things and things that have changed too. So Yeah, that's This great. is his first rotation in the hospitals and clinics okay. after being primarily in the classroom. Yeah. Is it good to be out yeah. with patients a little bit more now? Yeah, mm-hmm. it's really fun seeing like the application of all the things that I've been studying for the last 18 months and seeing it in action and seeing how um, how you can apply what, what we've learned over the last 18 months to patient care. So it's Excellent. been a lot of fun so far. Excellent. So what made you decide to go this route of medical school? Yeah, so initially coming to SCSU, I didn't realize I wanted to go to medical school. Um, I knew I wanted to do something in healthcare just through all of the interactions I've had through sports, getting hurt, and sure. kind of seeing doctors in my own life. Um, I really liked how much they were able to help me, and I wanted to do something similar. Mm-hmm. Um, and so coming to SCSU, taking some of the classes I did, I think that's what kind of led me down the route of going to medical school, is really wanting to understand as much as I can about uh, anatomy, physiology, and the human body, and then apply that to help and take care of people. Excellent. Excellent. Well, congrats to be on this journey. And I know it is a journey. So let's see, you're in your third-ish year? Second. Second year? Okay. All right. Very good. Excellent. And that's a four-year process, right? For medical school and then residency after that. Yeah, anywhere from three to seven years, depending on what I want to do. Yeah. Excellent. Very good. Well, we're happy to have you joining us today. Today's show is an Ask Anything show. So we have Dr. Ellsworth here. We have Colin. He's in the thick of things studying his books all the time. So today's a great day to ask a question and get uh, the advice from uh, Colin and Dr. Ellsworth. So you can give us a call at 605-692-1430. I think we'll go ahead to our first break and give you an opportunity to give us a call with those questions. 605-692-1430. 1430. We will return following this informative message from the Avera Medical Group. Lung cancer is the leading cause of cancer death in the United States. Cigarette smoking is the number one cause of lung cancer, but it can also be caused by other forms of tobacco like t- pipes and cigars or breathing secondhand smoke or being exposed to asbestos or radon. 
We also are concerned with people who have a family history of lung cancer. Lung cancer symptoms may include coughing that gets worse and doesn't go away, chest pain, shortness of breath, wheezing, and coughing up blood. Other illnesses that can cause these, these symptoms should be investigated as well. If you have any symptoms, talk to your doctor. For help to quit smoking, call 1-800-QUIT-NOW or visit cdc.gov quit. Your provider at the Avera Medical Group is a good resource to discuss lung symptoms. Call 697-9500 for an appointment. Welcome back to Prairie Doc Radio. I'm Laura Ellsworth, and today we have Prairie Doc physician Andrew Ellsworth and medical student Colin Olofsson here to discuss our medical questions. Give us a call with your questions at 605-692-1430. 605-692-1430. Dr. Ellsworth, your essay this week talks about community. Tell us more about what made you write this essay and why, why that's so important. I remembered what made me think of this essay, and I was listening to a book called Outliers by Malcolm Gladwell. And in it, he starts out by talking about the health benefits of uh, social connection, as highlighted by this uh, community I don't even remember where it was at. And, and, these, and they hardly had any rates of disease in this community. And, they, and just, they, everyone just died of old age. Mm. And um, as they studied it, they found that it was, ju- it was on a hillside. Everyone just walked around. So, of course, there's more exercise. But they all just, it was a very uh, com- community that was, was very social with each other. And... Um, they determined that's really what made that community so healthy mm-hmm. was their social connections because there were uh, people of similar descent in other communities that didn't have that and there are other communities on hillsides that didn't have that but they were the most social and that seemed to be what made them the healthiest mm. and so I explored that some and, and, and we know that right I mean we know the benefits of social connection it's been well established and I go through that some in the essay um, and you know, I'm reminded recently how COVID highlighted that too, mm-hmm. from the isolation of, of, of COVID that was harmful for our health in a lot of ways too. Mm-hmm. And so um, it was nice to, to explore that and remember that, yes, exercise and eating healthy is important for our health and, and thinking about our mental health, but we also have to consider the benefits of social interaction. Mm-hmm. And being part of a community, yeah. I was thinking about the community as well, and I feel like different times in our lives, we have kind of different built-in community, which is really convenient. Like sometimes it's just a convenient community. I was thinking back to when you were in medical school, Andrew, and uh, kind of the medical school community, as I think about Colin going through that now. Colin, do you feel part of this kind of unique community at the moment as you're... Yeah, I think so. Having a class is of 70 students you kind of get to know each other pretty well through the first uh two years at least and then we all kind of spread out to our different campuses but even now um 
I'm in with students at in Sioux Falls campuses, and so it's kind of cool to see if people who are going through similar things as you and going through it together, you kind of build like a, a, a relationship and network with them. Right. And I know a lot of us probably find our community by going to work. You know, we say hello to the same people every day, check in, spend a lot of time there. You know, we have that community. Uh, I know for me, a, a unique thing was when we were – when I had babies and at home and trying to connect with other adults, you had to put, I had to put effort into it, but I found a mom's group and how important that was for me at that time. So sometimes our community is kind of convenient and easy, and sometimes we have to go out and look for it if we're not just put into these situations where we get to be around people. Yeah, you know, moving is one of those times where you have to re-find your community mm-hmm. uh, or a change in a job or a retirement and now need to be more purposeful of, of getting out and connecting with others or uh, a diagnosis. Mm-hmm. Um, there's so many things that can become isolating and uh, where it helps to 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 find, find a connection with others. Mm-hmm. So just remind us, what are some of those good ways that we could, if we're feeling like, you know, I probably do need to put a little more effort into getting involved and connecting with other people. What are some uh, starting points that you would recommend to patients? Getting out, um, you know, easier said than done. And and, and, and hopefully there's a lot people can do to reach out to others. Mm -hmm. If you know someone that moved in or that is just got a diagnosis or is retiring and reaching out to them to help get them involved. It helps when you're invited to something, Mm -hmm. but, um, and just calling someone or, or even saying hi, you know, just being a good neighbor. But for the person that's looking to, to get involved, you know, looking for volunteer opportunities around here, you can call 211 and they can hook you up with volunteer opportunities or going to, uh, a church or religious establishment to connect with others or going out for coffee downtown or donuts or <laughs> whatever, mm-hmm. you know, in parks and walking your dog or going to a basketball game or whatever activities are available in your community. Just make an effort. And usually that in sometimes can be a healthy activity anyway. Mm-hmm. So for a lot of us, it's just, we have to make that effort like maybe we just realize you know i just need to try a little harder i just need to schedule some time to go do this with other people um, build it into my schedule Uh, so some of us it's just we have to put that effort in but for other people they might have anxiety or depression that just really prohibits them from feeling comfortable even going out in those social situations or picking up the phone um so what do you what what can we do for people like that or what do you recommend for them on top of having others helping them and reaching out to them and encouraging them, um, seeking help, seeking counseling to talk through those situations, to, to help with some coping skills or mechanisms uh, to, to get them through and, and participating and get them through those situations. Uh, perhaps, you know, reaching out to their primary care doc and, and, and if, if they're having depression or anxiety that's that's affecting their life or causing a, disabling them in some way or, or keeping them home all the time and in bed all day long, it might be reasonable to do a medication and to talk through that and see if that's appropriate. Mm-hmm. Yeah. It is super common. We know that depression, anxiety are, are, are super common. And, but thankfully, uh, we have a lot of ways to help that can really be helpful. 
Now, granted, you still could have some 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 days better than others, but I have seen medication help a lot of people. I've seen counseling help a lot of people. I've seen exercise and getting fresh air and participating in social activities and meditation and prayer and yoga. All those things have been found to be helpful, and I've seen them help people. You just got to find that what works for you. That works best for you. Yeah. Colin, do you have anything you'd like to add about uh, this community and getting out and socializing? Yeah, I think I kind of echo what Dr. Ellsworth said. Um, I imagine it takes some effort initially to get get yourself out there. Um, and I was listening to a podcast the other day and they mentioned that if you're feeling that way, chances are other people are too. So mm-hmm. you're probably not the only one who wants to feel that connection and community. Um, and so being the person to reach out can be tough, but chances are the person on the other end is also wants that or will reciprocate. Yeah, exactly. If you're lucky enough to have a friend who coordinates things, be really grateful, right? <laughs> I feel like I have a couple <laughs> friends who are the ones who will say, hey, should we go do this? And I'm like, yes, if you're going to put the effort into coordinate, yes, <laughs> yes, thank you. You know, because it does take effort. Someone needs to make it happen, right? So, And we all have different levels of comfort with that. And some people are more extroverts and mm-hmm. some people are more introverts. And But often the extroverts even need some time alone. And, and that's nice to respect that too. Mm-hmm. But we are social beings. Humans mm-hmm. are social beings, and it helps to connect with other people. Right. All right. Well, it's time for us to go to our next break. We thank you for listening to Prairie Doc Radio on KBRK and on our podcast. Call us now with your questions at 605-692-1430. 605-692-1430. Our programs are available as a podcast. Just look for Prairie Doc wherever you find your podcast. We will return following this informative message from the Avera Medical Group. Shingles, also called herpes zoster, is a painful rash disease. Shingles can lead to severe nerve pain called postherpetic neuralgia that can last for months or years after the rash goes away. Shingles is caused by the varicella zoster virus, the same virus that causes chickenpox. If you've had chickenpox, you can get shingles. Almost one out of three people in the United States will develop shingles in their lifetime. You can get shingles at any age, but it's more common in older adults. Older adults also are more likely to have severe disease. The Center for Disease Control recommends that people age 50 and older get the shingles vaccine called Shingrex. Set an appointment to discuss shingles with your provider at the Avera Medical Group Brookings. Welcome back to Prairie Doc Radio. I'm Laura Ellsworth, and today we have Prairie Doc physician Andrew Ellsworth and medical student Colin Olofsson here to discuss our medical questions. Give us a call with your questions at 605-692-1430. Dr. Ellsworth, we had a question come in. What causes non-diabetic neuropathy and how can it be treated? What can be done? So what is neuropathy first? Neuropathy is when there's a problem with your nerves and it can cause numbness or tingling or pain. Often can be a burning pain or as are other neuropathic in nature that tingling that burning that 
that numbness. And sometimes you can lose feeling altogether, mm -hmm. um, and then it's there's no pain. But then that's even sometimes more of a problem because then you can get sores or ulcers and not even know it or have a rock in your shoe and not even know it, and now that causes a sore and harder to heal, and so that becomes more of a problem. Diabetes is the number one cause of neuropathy, but in this question we're asking about non-diabetic neuropathy, and there are a multitude of other causes, including idiopathic, when we just don't know the reason, unfortunately, and that can be quite frustrating. Arthritis and problems with the low back mm -hmm. can be a, a, a common cause where nerves are maybe getting pinched or um, pressure on them over time that's causing weakness or numbness or neuropathy. Some vitamin deficiencies can cause it, like B12. Sometimes uh, thyroid disorders can cause it. So there's some labs we'll often want to do to look into it. And like I said, sometimes we just don't know the reason. And so there's, you know, you can go down the line. If someone has a history of cancer, chemotherapy can can commonly cause neuropathy as well mm -hmm. and sometimes it just happens over time so mm -hmm. that's uh those are, are the, some of the reasons so how can it be treated there are some medications that we can use that are kind of nerve pain medications that work on GABA receptors and there's gabapentin and Neurontin and Lyrica some of these nerve pain medications um you know, that we're experimenting or, or, you know, doing more studies or research or, you know, this is one of those things that perhaps medical marijuana could be helpful for. And that, that would depend on the person too and their comfort with it. But that's, uh, could be a consideration. And it's, uh, sometimes people find that just wearing different shoes, wearing different socks, not wearing shoes or socks, sometimes they find one is more comfortable than the other and they go with that too. Okay. So some things to try. It sounds like it's sort of a tricky one uh, yeah. that it's hard to kind of find a good solution, but um, there are some things to try. Worth working with your doctor about. Okay. All right. Very good. Uh, another question here. Uh, this person has a question about pink eye. Someone in their family has pink eye. They haven't heard about pink eye for a while. Is that still a common thing? Colin, what, what can you tell us about pink eye? Yeah, pink eye is inflammation of the clear lining over the white part of the eye called the conjunctiva. Um, and it can be caused by a number of things. It can be caused by bacteria, virus, um, or even allergies. Mm -hmm. So depending on some of the symptoms or signs that uh, that person's experiencing, it can kind of help the physician key in to what might be causing it. Um, it is pretty common, especially it seems like this time of year. Um, and I think getting evaluated is probably the, the best route to get to the bottom of it and get to get a treatment going for it. Mm -hmm. What are some hints that it might be bacterial in nature? Yeah, so bacterial will have um, some discharge coming out of the eye, so almost goopy, I guess. Um, and when you wipe it off, it comes back pretty quick versus viral is more of a watery discharge. Um, but both kinds, you'll have redness of the eye and some scratchiness and things like that. Mm -hmm. And it's important to avoid ways of spreading it. How, how can you do that, Colin? Mm. Yeah, uh, avoiding spreading it. So washing your hands, not touching your face, getting on the appropriate treatment. If it's bacterial, getting on eye drops. Um, well, all things that will help avoid spreading to others. Anyone who's had kids is familiar with it, but 
We've had a number of cases lately, too. It's at all times of the year that it mm-hmm. can happen. Mm-hmm. But certainly cold and flu season is a popular time. And a lot of those cases are viral, really, um, where maybe some eye drops and wiping it for a couple of days will do the trick. Okay. Do we need to treat it, or can it? will it heal on its own? So if it's viral, it'll go away on its own. You, if, okay. if you also have some symptoms of a, of a cold or virus, chances are that is the cause. And you could you know, use some just some saline drops to help rent, clear it or some, a nice warm rag to mm. wipe your eyes and give it a couple of days and see what you think. But if it's this bunch of this goopy discharge, obviously, then you should come in and, and get it checked out. Or if you're having vision changes, usually pink eye does not cause vision changes or problems seen so then you'd want to get that checked out and usually it's just kind of a pink hue of the eye um so if your eyes are like red Mm -hmm. or other issues you need to get that checked out okay i recall having pink eye a few times as a kid we must have passed it around school a little bit so i remember having it and i remember one time um, I spent a lot of time with my grandpa and he got it and I felt so bad because I know he got it from me <laughs> and then he couldn't do the eye drops. So we had to stop by his house to do his eye drops for him, but he made it through. He made it through. But I remember feeling so bad as a kiddo and I had the pink eye and then um, my grandpa had to deal with it too. So. And if there's a concern about infection in your eyes, you shouldn't be wearing contacts either. Right. Okay. Wear those glasses. Take a break from the contacts. Um, and switch out the contacts if mm, they're throw away those. Yeah. Start fresh. Okay. Sounds good. Well, it's time for us to go to our final break. We thank you for listening to Prairie Doc Radio on KBRK and on our podcast. Call us now with your questions at 605-692-1430. 605-692-1430. Our programs are available as a podcast. Just look for Prairie Doc wherever you find your podcast. We will return following this informative message from the Avera Medical Group. If you have diabetes, these lifestyle changes can help lower your risk for heart disease. Follow a healthy diet. Eat more fresh fruits and vegetables, lean protein, and whole grain. Aim for a healthy weight. If you're overweight, even losing a modest amount of weight can lower your triglycerides and blood sugar. Get physical activity. Try to get at least 150 minutes per week of moderate-intensity physical activity, such as brisk walking. Manage your ABCs. A, your A1C test. B, keep your blood pressure below 140 over 90. And C, control your cholesterol levels. S stands for stop smoking or don't start. This message is brought to you by the Avera Medical Group Brookings. Call your provider with questions or to set up an appointment, 697 9500. Welcome back to Prairie Doc Radio. I'm Laura Ellsworth, and today we have Prairie Doc physician Andrew Ellsworth and medical student Colin Olofsson here to discuss our medical questions. We have a few minutes left, so give us a call with your questions at 605 692 1430. 605 692 1430. Dr. Ellsworth, tell us about the television show you have planned for tomorrow night on STPB. It's an Ask Anything show, so any questions go. You just call them in at our number or email us at ask at prairiedoc.org or uh, live on the Facebook stream. You can send a question on, on Facebook. 
And I'll have guests, two good friends of mine that are family docs, Dr. Laura Hofert from Madison. And she's been on the show before, and I know she'll do a great job, and so will Dr. Ben Myrink from Sioux Falls with the Vera. And so as family docs, we encounter all different things all day long, and patients ask us random questions all day long. So I know that they'll be able to handle it, and uh, it should make for uh, interesting conversation. And, you know, this is a chance to, to ask some docs your questions, and, and there's no influence of any pharmaceutical company or health system or anything. It's just some, some family docs uh, wanting to ask some, answer some questions that their fellow South Dakotans have. Yeah, great. Yeah, those, they are a couple of fun doctors. So it should be yeah. a fun, fun show tomorrow night um, addressing all different topics. I know you have a couple interesting roll-ins as well that people might really enjoy hearing more about so they can tune in for those. But um, one has to do with horses. I know there's a lot of people who love horses out there. And what do horses have to do with our health? I know we'll learn more tomorrow, but <laughs> yeah. tell, tell us. Yeah, I'll learn more about it too. But in Sioux Falls, there's a place called Horsepower and formerly known as Handy Riders nonprofit that uses horses and horse riding for therapy and uh it's officially called hippo therapy which oh. i you know it's not on hippos but right I don't right know. okay and Must be an uh, acronym. yeah mm-hmm. okay <laughs> and uh so for physical and occupational therapy using horses for people with physical or occupational or cognitive disabilities and uh, that'll be neat to need to see it at work. Yeah, I think there's some programs kind of around Brookings here too for uh, uh, working with horses with people with different disabilities and things like that too. So kind of goes back to that opening conversation we were having about community, Yeah. right? And so we can bond and spend time together in different ways and things like horses can and bring with us animals too is together. Ab- yeah, absolutely. Right. And you know, and I've seen animals certainly provide that companionship that's helpful for mm-hmm. people too. Right. Yeah. Very good. And uh, as I say to the person that doesn't want to get a dog. For oh, her this is children. the debate in our. I mean, not really a debate because <laughs> I just have veto power. So <laughs> we're just not having a pet in our house. <laughs> but the rest of the people in our house would really like to have one. <laughs> so, but yeah, that's great to see how animals can bring us together and build up confidence and have health and healing powers as well outside outside i'm sure these horses are outside (laughs) the other roland will be about the coyote clinic which is a free clinic in sioux falls for underserved populations that gets uh helps run by medical students oh great and Mm -hmm. so it's helpful for their training it's a way for them to serve and there's attendings there too and and so it's it's a great outreach for the community, and um, so it'll be interesting to learn more about that. Yeah, excellent. Colin, have you an opportunity to volunteer there yet or spend time there yet? Yeah, early on in medical school when I really didn't know much, um, I spent the night there. <laughs> okay. And it was cool because it was an opportunity, pretty low stakes, um, that I could go practice some basic things that I had learned. Um, and there's older medical students there helping teach me things and attending physicians there teaching me things. Um, so it was really cool to see how many students... Uh, we're coming to this, giving uh, using their evening yeah. to to help people with Sioux Falls, and I haven't been back since because my class swarms the sign up uh, about five minutes after it's released. Oh, um, so it's popular! A lot, a lot of medical students really like it. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I'm sure it is a great, great experience. Very good. 
Excellent. Dr. Ellsworth, I wanted to ask, it seems like people are just kind of, there's stuff going around. People are just kind of getting sick. <laughs> it seems like I have different family members I know of and people at school just not feeling well, kind of fever, achy, crummy. What are you recommending right now if we're coming down with stuff? Do we need to test for COVID? What are what what should we do? Not feeling well. What's what are our first? Well, tests? there is a lot of stuff going around, and and a lot of it can be non-specific viruses that we might not specifically test for or need to test for. Um, and if you you know if you're having low grade fever, but you know and low cough or you know congestion and stuff, certainly pushing fluids, getting your rest taking it easy, letting your body recover and rest and, and fight off the infection can be helpful. Certainly if you have a high-risk medical condition or if you're worried or if your fevers are getting higher, it'd be good to come in. <clears throat> Influenza, COVID, and RSV are still going around right now. Influenza can often come on quickly where you just felt like you get hit by a truck with fevers and chills and body aches. And if you can get uh, seen soon enough within... 24, 48 hours, we do have a medication that can be helpful for that. Uh, COVID uh, usually comes on a little more gradually and granted thanks to, to vaccines and past immunity and sometimes just because of the virus, it can be mild, but there's certainly cases where it can be still pretty bad and we've still had people in the hospital too, even even re- currently and, and recently. And so um, getting evaluated for that and there's a medication that if we get get it caught within those first five days we can get that treated too uh so and which can help person recover faster so getting tested for those would be a consideration rsv is a a larger concern for infants and babies Mm -hmm. and and young children but any of us can get a bad cold possibly from rsv or other colds that other viruses that turns into bronchitis or pneumonia or worse and so sometimes it's nice getting evaluated for that as well okay Excellent. Well, before we go, please be sure to tune in to South Dakota Public Broadcasting Television and the Prairie Doc Facebook page for On Call with the Prairie Doc most Thursdays starting at 7 p.m. Central. Join us this coming Thursday, February 22nd, for a new live On Call with the Prairie Doc. Prairie Doc host Dr. Andrew Ellsworth will be joined by Dr. Benjamin Myrink from Avera Medical Group Sioux Falls and Dr. Laura Hofert from Madison Regional Health System for an Ask Anything show. Tune in starting at 7 p.m. Central on SDPB or streaming on our Prairie Doc Facebook page. We hope you've enjoyed our Prairie Doc radio program and we'll listen again for Prairie Doc on KBRK brought to you by the Avera Medical Group Brookings. Please follow the Prairie Doc on Facebook and YouTube for free and easy access to the entire Prairie Doc library. Visit www.prairiedoc.org and look for Prairie Doc wherever you find your podcast. My thanks to Dr. Andrew Ellsworth and Colin Olofsson for joining us today. And as Dr. Holm would say, stay healthy out there, people.